the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello and welcome to the Situation Report today. Glad to have you joining us. My name is Jeremy Stonlicker. I will be your host today. And this is the show where we do our very best every episode to give you the information and perspectives you need to navigate an ever-changing culture. My guest today is my lovely wife, Susana. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. (laughs) <laughs> she says thank you, but mostly she's <laughs> mad that I invited her on. But I'm glad she's here. And uh, if you have uh, watched any of our other content, we have another podcast. We've been a little slack in producing content recently. But uh, The Imperfect Show, we spent a lot of time talking about family and talking about uh, what it is to really raise our kids at a time like this. We're going to talk about that a little bit today, and I hope that will be a help and an encouragement to you. Before we jump into that, though, um, I would imagine if you've been to the grocery store recently, you've noticed that things are more expensive. Gas is more expensive. It doesn't matter where you live in this country. Things are more expensive The economy, our economic future is uncertain. And we have to ask ourselves the question, what is it that we can do to protect our financial future for our families, for our children? What can we do personally? Uh, One of the things I would recommend is at least considering uh, adding gold and silver into your IRA, your investment accounts. Take a look, figure out how to do that, and see if that is the right fit for you. The place that you can start is with Lear Capital. Call Lear Capital, and you can get their free precious metals investor guide. You can also ask them about their Lear Advantage IRA that lets you transfer or roll over your old 401k or IRA into a gold and silver tax advantage IRA. Plus, Lear is offering right now. Crazy shipping, uh, free shipping, and up to $15,000 in bonus gold or silver with a qualified purchase. This is something you at least need (laughs) to take a look at. You can call for details, 800-489-6450. Lear Capital is the most rated precious metals company on consumer affairs with a near-perfect rating on Trustpilot. Call them at 800-489-6450. That is 800-489-6450. Calling that number, you will get your free kit and there you will learn how gold has performed during periods of inflation government debt interest rate hikes economic crashes even wars and how in all of those gold has been the financial bedrock asset in portfolios Uh, one of the things i love about lear capital is that they are an american-owned company proud to do business with americans that share conservative values write this number down 800-489-6450 call them today or if you don't want to call you can click the link below in the show description and the show notes check them out you will do yourself a great service by at least investigating lear and what they have to offer We talk about culture changing. Uh, There is no question that culture is changing so quickly. And as culture changes, our ability as parents, our ability as families to do what we believe God has called us to do has also changed. So we're going to talk about that a little bit today. But before we get into that, Susana has written a book. Yes. Your first book that you've written. 
and it's a devotional. Book. It's a devotional. Yeah. Yes. Um, so I uh, want to talk about that for a minute because this is applicable to what we're doing, I, I, what we're talking about today. Um, when we talk about raising our family and we talk about uh, even engaging in the culture as parents and trying to help our kids navigate that, uh, a big part of that is keeping them rooted or keeping them grounded in faith. And one of the ways that we can do that is to continue to point them, of course, to Scripture, point them to uh, God and His Word and His direction for us. And one of the ways that uh, a lot of folks do that is through a daily devotional time using a book that guides them through the process of daily devotional, Scripture reading, uh, a thought related to that Scripture, a prayer. And, And so many people use that. And one of the things that we've had the opportunity to do through the work that we do with veterans and uh, military families is help military families engage with the Word of God and engage in that practice of daily devotional time. And um, that's what this book is about. So tell us about Shield of Faith. Yes, so I wrote Shield of Faith. Uh, Shield of Faith is a 365-day devotional specifically written for military families. Um, It is... um, uh, 12 themes. So each month has a separate theme. And so each of the 30 or 31 devotionals for that month are centered around that theme. And so um, really it is just to encourage military families to, um, or even just families in general, I would yeah. say, yeah. to have that daily time where you are getting around the word and just having like a little thought for the day to take with you that is applicable to maybe what you're going through in that specific area of your life. And so depending on um, the month, like I said, there's going to be a different, there's a different theme, um, but it really is to just encourage and equip families to get around the word and really just have um, the shield of faith to um, guide you and direct you and really to guard you against the attacks of the enemy. And um, specifically for military families, there are so many um, attacks that can come your way. And especially as a Christian family, if you're trying to live um, for God and even lead your family in that way and instill those standards in your kids, it can be very challenging to do that um, in the world in which we live today. And so I was really just inspired um, by writing this um, to live in that way and just to encourage my family and my kids to continue to live that way as well. And so I hope that um, this book can be an encouragement to military families as they are seeking to do the same. Yeah, that's good. Um, Shield of Faith, that's a great title. Talk about the title, where it came from, and what it means. We talk about the shield of faith. What does that mean? And and where did that come from? I know because I've seen the book that uh, the last devotional actually is related to Mm -hmm. that. Um, Can you talk about that for a minute? I think that's really important. Um, yeah, so the, um, the really the last devotional of the book, and it just kind of happened to be that um, I chose um, the verse in Ephesians chapter 6, where it's talking about the armor of God. And so the very last devotional um, of the year, December 31st, um, is um, entitled The Shield of Faith. And it really is just um, having um, our faith, um, really in our relationship with, with Christ, to um, be that shield for us. And really that guards us from the attacks of the enemy. And by um, really being continuous in the Word and by being continuously in on the Scriptures and uh, really guarding ourselves in that way, having that shield um, to protect us from the attacks of the enemy. Um, that's really what that's yeah. really what it's all about. That's good. What are some of the uh, the themes? You said every month is broken down into a theme. What are some of the themes? You can read in the <laughs> table of contents if yes. you need to. So, um, so the first, <laughs> you know, the first month is really um, just talking about newness and um, new beginnings. I think a lot of times when people get to, especially the month of January, I have never really been big on New Year's resolutions. And so they're kind of uh, daunting to me. And I just kind of feel like, why can't I just um, continue to do the same things I've always done? And so a lot of times people look at the month of January and they think, wow, this is like 
I have to start something completely brand new, do something all over again. But really, sometimes it's just continuing to do the same things um, that you have already done. And so it's just really making a decision at the beginning of the year just to continue on doing some of the same things that you've already been doing. And so January will be new beginnings. And Mm -hmm. a lot of times that could be just a new commitment to do what you've already done. Um, I really like, uh, you know, we have a topic on anxiety. And so that's one of the things I chose to write about, just take one whole month and just really talk about what the Bible that's says good. about that subject. And anxiety is something that I have experienced in my life and know a lot of people have as well. And so um, those would be two, I think, that maybe my favorite months yeah. that I did. Yeah. And um, also we did, I did one about love and that, of course, is February, but really just the different aspects of it. And so this book is really written for the whole family. And so that would include um, topics on marriage, topics on really parenting, uh, even for kids. There's a few um, times that really I address just the the child and how you handle um, yourself in those different areas in your life as well. Yeah, that's great. Um, when is it available? When's the book available and how can people find it? So Shield of Faith is set to release on November 1st and it's going to be available on Amazon, uh, christianbooks.com, Barnes & Noble, and Walmart. Uh, right now it is, is available uh, for pre-order on Amazon. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. All right. That sounds good. Shield of Faith. Get your copy. Hold it up so everybody can see it. Okay. Yeah. Look at that <laughs> right there. Shield of Faith. Um, awesome. And this is, uh, you know, for Susana, and, and she wouldn't say this about herself, but she spends a lot of time, I know, thinking about um, and talking about communicating with others how to lead their families in a way that reflects what God would have for us to do. And uh, I think so many of the, the devotionals and so many of the perspectives that you give uh, are that. And um, I know how much work you put into it. So thank you for doing it. Get your copy of Shield of Faith. And and that is really kind of the starting point for the conversation I wanted to have today. Um, the world is crazy. And I don't think there's any denying that. We understand that the world is crazy. It's upside down. People have been saying that forever, right? Mm-hmm. The world is crazy. But right now, culture is changing so quickly. It, it, it <laughs> I mean, what used to be normal in terms of right and wrong the norms are off the table. We have children that are dealing with topics and situations and issues that uh, we didn't have to talk, talk about or think about until we were adults. And maybe not even then. We were kind of past that. And now you have kindergartners being taught about gender issues. Mm-hmm. You have uh, issues like critical race theory and you know what it means to uh, come from this place as opposed to that place. And all these issues that we're talking about right now, the kids are trying to process and understand. Meanwhile, as Christian parents, we try to 
teach our kids the right way, to help our kids understand how to navigate these issues. Um, you know, shield of faith, that, that title, and that's what it is. We try to give our kids the shield of faith. Uh, that is knowing who they are in Christ, understanding what faith is and what that means, who their faith is in, and that defends them from a lot of what's happening in the world. But, uh, you know, a conversation that you and I have had a lot is what will the world be like for our kids when they're leading their own families? And so we are doing our best now to equip them not only to live as individuals in this world, but to then teach, train, disciple their own kids. Um, So when you look at our family, we have four children. I think a lot of people know this, maybe not, but we have four kids. We have a 23-year-old daughter, almost 23, Mm -hmm. and uh, she's finishing up college and um, doing great. Looking forward to, you know, kind of going out on her own and setting up her own life. And she's right at that stage. She'll finish school this year. A 21-year-old son who is uh, working for our police department locally here. So, uh, obviously, a career that has its own unique issues and challenges as related to culture and that, but doing great there. And then we have a 14-year-old daughter and a 12-year-old, almost 13-year-old son. It'll be 13 pretty soon. Um, so kind of at two ends, but they're getting older and they're moving through this and they're making a lot of decisions. When you look at our family, what are some of the things that you're concerned about? I won't say afraid of, but concerned about culturally for our kids. Some of the things they're dealing with, some of the things they're looking at that concern you. They have to deal with this and, and we need to equip them for that. What are some of those things? Um, when you were talking about our kids having to deal with some things that we maybe didn't have to deal with when when we were at their yeah. age, um, I feel like there used to be such a clear line of what was right and what was wrong, and it was always very clearly defined. Yeah. And it, everyone knew, you know, this is if you're on this side, this it's right. If it's on the side, it's wrong. And now I feel like that line has become very blurred. Mm. And so I feel like for that is one of my concerns for the generation that's coming up now. But then also for um, for our kids is that line is so blurred that it might become more difficult for them to see, you know, differentiate the difference between right and wrong. And so um, that would be a concern that I would have, like I said, not just for our kids, but even just for the generation that's coming up is because what was once wrong now seems like, oh, that might be okay, And what was once right now is like, yeah, we don't want to go that far. So. You know, as I kind of look at culture and some of the things they're having to deal with, that would be, I feel like, the the bigger picture yeah. of kind of what's happening. So how do we help them then have a clear line? And, and I, I was talking to someone yesterday about this, that so much of what we're involved in right now when we talk about culture and and as conservatives trying to push back against culture, as Christians trying try to figure out what's going on, we're very short-sighted, I think. We're trying to deal with this right now, this thing that's right in front of us, when we have no idea what the cultural issues are going to be a year from now, let alone 10 or 15 or 30 years from now. So how do we instill in our kids or help our kids to know what the line is? So regardless of what issues they're going to have to face in the future, that line is not going to move. How do we help them understand that? And, And maybe as adults, because we have some young adults, but then as as teenagers who are trying to figure this out. Mm-hmm. How, how do we establish that line for them? Um, well, going back to uh, this book, and maybe one of yeah. the reasons that I wrote this and maybe was inspired throughout it was um, that God's word never changes. 
And so I think that's something that can encourage us, especially as Christian parents, when we look at raising our kids and training our kids and teaching them, um, especially when, like you said, culture is always changing. Yeah. The things that we're dealing with now or they're dealing with now, they're not going to have to deal with, you know, maybe in 10, 15 years. And so it's going to be even different for their kids. And so for, for us to be able to look to um, God and his word and what it says and how we should live and just look to that consistently yeah. and constantly as that being kind of our guide. Um, I feel like that is something that is so important to teach your kids. And I feel like that's something that we have really tried to do. Yeah. And one of the things that I have appreciated about um, you and just even our home is that we talk about uh, current issues. We talk about things that are happening in the world. We sometimes talk about too much. maybe too much. <laughs> we talk about the, sometimes I don't always appreciate it, I guess. Yeah, well. But at the end of the day, I appreciate it that we can have these conversations <laughs> with them. Yeah. But even just through that, making them aware of what's happening in the world, uh, politically, socially, economically, you know, in, in all of those areas, making them aware of what's happening, but then also helping them to see um, maybe how they can stand in that as a yeah. Christian young person and as someone who does have a foundation of what they believe and how they can see how maybe this is a good thing. Maybe mm. this is not such a good thing. Uh, maybe this is the side that we need to be standing on and just really talking them through that. And so I feel like it's really important to um, just talk to your kids a lot yeah. and bring up some of these things that they might be not wanting to bring up or not yeah. knowing how to talk about, or maybe not even knowing that are happening, but it's so important for them to hear it from us and to, for us to be able to have that conversation with them yeah. and to help them to understand what's happening. And then also maybe walk through that a little bit uh, biblically. Yeah, that's good. I think we, in our in our home, created kind of this culture where everything is on the table. Like you can talk mm -hmm. about anything, yeah. Um, which it does get annoying sometimes <laughs> because our kids talk about everything. Um, but it, it's it is a good environment. It's a good culture because sometimes the stuff they want to talk about is you know whatever. But you, you talk to them, you let them talk, even if you're not super interested. Because then on the other side, when there are important issues. They'll, they'll bring those to us. They'll talk about what they hear, what they read, what they, um, you know, what they experience, what they see. And, and that's been a very good thing. And I think part of that for us has been creating space. And, and again, we didn't, we weren't smart enough on the front end to go, this is why we're doing all of these things. But we dinner together as often as we can, even with our kids, some of our kids, a couple of our kids being older, we have a dinner time and, and whoever's around comes and sits and has dinner with us, and we have an opportunity to talk. We, we intentionally spend as much time together as we mm -hmm. can, and that creates that environment. And I, I think a lot of parents are hesitant to bring their kids together all the time or make them sit down and have a meal with them regularly. And, and it's not possible all the time. I understand that. But regularly, um, go on you know day trips together or whatever, even as the kids get older, because that time together creates an environment where those conversations can mm -hmm. be had. And then I think, you know, being patient enough to have conversations about dumb stuff you mm -hmm. don't care about when they're younger, because as they get older, the issues become bigger, but they know that you care and that you can continue to talk to them. I, I think just having that space has been really important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And not, I mean, not every meal time turns into like no, these no, deep not conversations. At no, not at all. Most of the time it's about nothing at all, but I feel like it's those conversations about nothing yeah like you said, that turn into, you know, in the, in a few, in a few days or next week or a few months, yeah. um, then they're, they're wanting to talk about these things. And, um, yeah, I feel like it's really important to have just kind of those 
conversations that don't seem important at all yeah. to be able to um, yeah. have an environment where it's okay to talk about other things. I, I think also, and this is something you and I have talked about an awful lot, is parents need to understand their role. <laughs> they need to be parents. Mm-hmm. It, it is not your job as a parent to simply provide food and shelter and safety and then let the kids raise themselves. Now, you would probably never say you're doing that, but it's amazing how many even Christian families we know mm-hmm. that like, well, you know, I let my kids figure it all out themselves. And if they want to do that, then I don't like it, but I have to let them do it. And I don't want them to feel bad or push back on me or not talk to me. If you're a parent, your job is to raise your kids. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not to be their friend. It's not to simply provide protection and, and comfort to them. Um, it's to equip them so that someday when they leave your house, they can function in mm-hmm. society and they can make the right decisions and they can raise their own kids. And if you do it right, <laughs> they will be your friend, hopefully, but that's not the goal. Your goal should be to teach them, to train them up, to raise them. The Bible says in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, according to scripture, let them know what's right and wrong. Don't let them do things that are wrong just because they've chosen to do it. And you don't want to feel bad about getting in their life or whatever. Parents have to understand their role as parents. It is it is to disciple, to train, to equip, to prepare. And if you don't take that role seriously, your kids are going to be confused because someone's going to take that role mm-hmm. seriously. Yeah. I've talked to quite a few parents as well who are just kind of very um, hesitant to bring things up to their kids. You know, if, yeah. if, if it's obvious that their child is going through something or maybe... Um, you know, I should maybe bring this up to them. They're just very hesitant to bring it up to them. And um, I kind of feel like, why wouldn't you bring that up to them? Or why wouldn't you bring that to their attention? You know, if if maybe someone else points out something to you about your child and you're kind of like, Ooh, I don't I don't want to bring that up to them. I don't want to point them, that out to them. Um, I just kind of wonder why why wouldn't you want to? Because why wouldn't you want to help them? And if your child is struggling with something or if another parent points something out to you that might be kind of questionable, why mm-hmm. wouldn't you want to? Uh, draw your child's attention to that because they're going to grow up not paying attention to those things that maybe they should be. And then they're going to become adults and not be able to have a relationship or not be able to have a healthy relationship or not be able to function in the workplace or not be able to, you know, if they can't get along with kids now in a healthy way, then what, how are they going to be able to get along in a work environment or in a family environment Mm. or in a, in a relationship, in a marriage and so really, it is our job, and we should take it so seriously, um, because it is our responsibility when we become parents that yeah. we're to steward over them in a good way and um, in, a, in a biblical yeah. way as Christian parents. And so for us to be able to help them with as much as we can to equip them uh, for relationships and for whatever their future is going to hold for them, yeah. um, we should take that very seriously. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel bad when I talk to parents who take the perspective of, I don't want to push them away, so I'm not going to get involved in their life. There's a difference between being overbearing and you know being a hovering parent and someone who views their role as, I need to equip my kids mm-hmm. to make the right, don't make the decisions for them, but you have to equip them to make the right decisions later on. Mm-hmm. And kind of my rule is, if you're eating my food in my house, then you're going, going to do what I want you to do. And that's, <laughs> yeah. we try to we try to help the kids uh, grow through that and understand. And we don't treat our 12-year-old the same way we treat our 23-year-old, um, although they sometimes act the same. We don't treat them the same. Uh, they have different, you know, opportunities to be autonomous, of course. But um, as long as they're in the context of your home, 
you have a responsibility to steward over that life and to help them to grow and to develop. Um, another area that I think is is important is creating the right habits in your kids. Um, one of the habits that we've tried to be very consistent in is being a part of a, a local church, mm-hmm. and you know that's that's what we do. E- even when we travel, uh, depending on the situation, we'll go to church while we're you know if we're away on a Sunday. Um, thankfully, with technology, we're able often to participate in our own church services, e- even when we're on vacation or we're on a trip somewhere. Um, we, but we sit down together as a family. It's not playing in the background. We'll sit down, down together in the family, participate as much as possible in the church. Uh, that's not a replacement for being in person. But staying connected to the local church, being part of small groups, our kids going to youth group, um, being in the right church so that in a culture that is crazy, that is changing, there are other people around them that are are helping to encourage them. And I think that's been a big part of, for our kids, uh, a place of grounding and, and, and being around an environment, hearing the right things taught that support us at home. Mm-hmm. And that's that's really important. Mm-hmm. The important piece, and I think you just mentioned it, is uh, supporting us at home. And so that's one of the things I appreciate about our church mm-hmm. is that the kids can go there and they can hear a lesson taught, you know, a youth group or at church or even when, you know, when they were little in the kids' class, and it kind of lines up with what we're teaching yeah. them at home as well. Yeah. And um, sometimes I feel like we have it maybe back, backwards a little bit where, you know, parents will want to send their kids to kids' class or youth group so that they can be taught that there, mm. um, not necessarily um, supporting what's being taught at home. And so the main thing being taught at home, being supported by the church. And it's really just important for them to be around. It's important for us to be around people who are kind of doing the same thing we are, living life the same way we are, who have the same goals, who are, um, you know, trying to teach their kids and raise their kids the same way that we are. And so that's encouraging to us, but then for our kids to be around kids who are trying to do the same that they are, who are trying to live for Christ the same way that we are, that they are. And so I feel like that has been really, really good, really healthy for our family. Yeah, and making that a habit, helping our kids understand this is this is a, a non-negotiable in our lives. We don't, you know, and this was something that we decided to do early on. Not everyone necessarily agrees with this, but uh, youth sports are a crazy thing in our country. Other events, you can keep your kids busy almost every single day if you want to. Um, and so even a lot of Christian families will be out of church for periods of time because it's soccer season or it's whatever season what you've done is you've prioritized things outside of the church beyond that things outside of spiritual things mm-hmm. you've prioritized those over spiritual things and hearing the word of god preached and taught and being around christian people and supporting the local church um the bible tells us not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together to be in church and again i know there are times where it's not possible for one reason or another i, I understand that but but consistently making a decision to be out of church communicates to your kids that church is pretty good, but there are things that are more important, like hobbies and sports and games. And we decided a long time ago, and we sat our kids down, Mm -hmm. our two oldest kids, um, when they were maybe 10 and 11 years old, and and said, look, I want you guys to be involved in things. We want you to have sports in your life. That's important. But we're not going to miss church to do those things. So you need to pick some activities (laughs) that we can support um, that you can carry into your life but that are not going to create conflict in, in you know, in the sense of going to church and being a part of a, a local community. And that's been important. And people, um, 
I don't say they've judged us. Maybe they have quietly, <laughs> but but uh, there have definitely been people that think mm -hmm. it's pretty harsh. Mm -hmm. Or I don't think we've lost anything in that. Mm -hmm. In fact, the things our kids have gotten involved in are things they continue to do, even the older ones as adults, mm -hmm. and, and it's been a very healthy thing for us. Mm -hmm. MyPillow is having their biggest sheet sale of the year. You all have helped build MyPillow into the amazing company that it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, inventor and CEO, wants to give back exclusively to his listeners. The Percale and Giza Dream bed sheet sets are available in a variety of colors and sizes, and they are all on sale for as low as $29.98 with our listener promo code. Order now, because when they're gone, they're gone. The Percale and Giza Dream sheets are breathable and have a cool, crisp feel. They come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. There's a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 1-800-870-0283. Use the promo code SITREP or go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code SITREP. Yeah, I think that for us that was a really uh, important thing, and really there's no pushback on that. Um, I don't think our kids have ever one time wanted to play a sport or do something that would have them miss out on a Sunday. Yeah. And it just is not, has never even been anything that they have asked yeah. about or uh, there was no, has not been any pushback on that. And so I feel like that has been um, really important to kind of instill in them. And, and hopefully that's something that they will take with them yeah. into the future as well. Yeah, that's good. Um, you know, thinking all the way through this and, and maybe there's some other things that you'd like to mention that we, we've done or tried to do. Um, and we've got a lot of it wrong, by the way, is trial and error. The good thing about having two older kids and two younger <laughs> kids is that you can experiment on the older kids yeah. and then do it over again with the younger kids, right? We've done a lot of that. So a lot of this is like lessons learned. So learn from us. Don't uh, don't figure out figure it out on your own. But I think one of the other things we've tried to do, and we've talked about this a lot, is uh, we've tried to get other adults involved in our kids' lives that can provide you know mentorship and help. Um, you know, in different areas. And, you know, I think of in, in the athletic world, you know, mm -hmm. and, you know, our oldest son is very involved in jujitsu and, and uh, he's got some great men in his life that have helped mentor in that area, but not just in that. They're men of character and they provide an example. And that's been so helpful, particularly as he's gotten older and gotten into some other things that we just don't have a lot of expertise in. Or, mm -hmm. and, and, and some other men have been able to step in and say, you know, this is important. I, I think of, um, you know, guys, certainly like Tom Cronin at Carlson Gracie, who is really almost 10 years, I guess, or mm -hmm. several years, many years, has been a part of Ethan's life growing up. And now as Ethan's getting into other things, he's still there. He's still encouraging him, um, connecting him to other people. I think of, uh, you know, guys like John Davis as Ethan's been involved in police work. This is John's background. He spent so much time talking through that with Ethan. Um, so many other people, a lot of other people that I could I could mention that have just been very involved in his life, and that has helped him. Um, you know, our daughters as well, our younger kids. Um, but that to me has been a very important aspect of what we've done. And, and for us, we're we're maybe different than many, but we have extended family that have been very involved in our kids' mm -hmm. lives as well. Our parents and. Um, their aunts and uncles and mm -hmm. even cousins, you know, my cousins who mm -hmm. have been involved in their lives. And you need to bring other people in. Uh, yours cannot be the only voice they hear all the time. Mm -hmm. I think that's been a big part of our kids' growth as well. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's very important to have that for your kids because hopefully those 
people are going to be telling them some of the, the same things that you're telling them. And so I would say on that, just be uh, be careful of the type of people that you're allowing to speak into your children's lives. Yeah. And this has to do with, you know, with school. And we actually did an imperfect show about education. <laughs> um, go back and watch that if you're interested yeah, in it. it. But really, it, you know, it being the parent's responsibility, no matter what that looks like for your child. But even when it comes to education, just being very careful who uh, you're allowing to speak into the lives of your child, um, of your kids. And um, just... Uh, being careful with that, whoever that might be, and you know, in the athletic world, in the spiritual world, um, being sure that it's someone that um, would, even as a parent, if it's another parent that's speaking into the life of your child, that their parenting lines up with with your parenting, right. basically, right. that they're kind of um, their kids are modeling the same behavior that you would want in your kids. A lot of times, it's really good to find someone who has already kind of walked the road that you're mm. walking, someone older, and that can be a mentor to you. As a parent, if you're yeah, struggling in some of your parenting, yeah. um, if you um, have teenagers and you know someone who has young adults and, and you like how their kids are living their lives, yeah. maybe going to them and saying, like, yeah. hey, what did you do? I'm having this problem. Um, but being very careful who that is and looking at them, looking at the lives that they're modeling, looking at the kids and and how they're living. And if that is uh, someone that you would like to speak into the life of your yeah. child is um, really putting your kids in those situations. And um, I feel like that could be a really healthy thing for, for kids to yeah. have other adults in their life uh, speaking um, into their lives, but then you even modeling that for them right. um, as you allow yeah. people to speak into your yeah. life as well. Um, but yeah, I would say just that being very guarded and very careful with who you're allowing to, to do that for you. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And, and I like that you know, what you just said is having people in your life too, mm-hmm. as a parent, as, as a married couple, people that you can look to and emulate and follow. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can learn things the hard way or we can learn things from other people. And, and that would be definitely preferable. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are, what are some of the other things that either we have done or you wish we had done? Maybe there are some things you look back when our kids were younger, we should have done these things and we mm-hmm. didn't. What are some of those things that come to mind for you? Uh, one of the things that I, I feel like that um, I have, again, um, appreciated that we have done is looking to um, the future and really always encouraging our kids to look to the future and living now and doing some things now that will help you in the future. And this is kind of already some of what we've talked about is you know having some habits in the lives of your kids, having uh, some conversations, having them be aware of world issues or mm-hmm. life issues. Um, and really, it is all with the mindset of equipping them for the future. Yeah. And so I think I feel like a lot of people live in the now, like the yeah. the kind of the instant gratification, the pleasure of now, the this is where I, what I want to do now, without even thinking about what you're doing right now, how that is going to impact your future. And um, you know, I don't have any problems with having fun in life, <laughs> or you know, even having <laughs> letting, letting our fun. kids enjoy life now. Yeah. There's some things that they do that they enjoy, yeah. um, but there's also some things that you have to do right now to set yourself up for success in the future. And so I don't think there's anything wrong with you know having your kids in activities or sports for fun, but I feel like when that becomes a distracting to the point yeah. of you're not being future minded as well. Um, or you're trying to live through your kids because yeah, you didn't have that, sure. you know. I feel like it can be very dangerous to kind of get caught up in the now. And then when your kids do start to um, leave the house, you know, go to college, start to make their own decisions, then as parents, I feel like the tendency is to become very almost like uh, panicked 
because maybe you didn't have enough time with them or you didn't, mm. maybe you weren't future minded enough to realize that this was going to be happening. And so you kind of are panicking because, yeah. you know, either you feel like you haven't done enough for them or you didn't prepare well enough. And so I have appreciated that we have been very future-minded uh, with our kids and how we've always encouraged them to think about what you're going to do then yeah. and what is your life going to look like next year or in two years. You know, even with our 12 and 14-year-old now is talking to them about their future career, college, um, just kind of always talking about that and always helping them to see that what we're doing now really sets us up for the future mm. and what is going to happen then. Yeah. Um, I do wish when you were talking about our older kids and we have our younger kids, mm. there's so many things that, um, and we were, you know, 10 years older when we had yeah. our younger kids yeah. than when we had our, our older kids. And so we were early 20s compared to early 30s. Right. And there's a lot of life experience that comes with that and a lot of maturity. And there are definitely some things that I wish we had done with our older kids that we were maybe mature, mature, more mature, or smarter, whatever, um, later in life to be able to now that we're yeah. doing with our younger kids. And so there's definitely some things I wish I had been like maybe more relaxed as a parent, mm -hmm. maybe not, you know, been so intense about some things, uh, really maybe listen more to the kids. And so um, there are definitely some things that I wish yeah. in hindsight that um, I had I had done differently. Well, that's part of that is then having older parents that you can talk to, mm -hmm. that you give yes. the right to talk to you and mm -hmm. tell you like, hey, you need to relax or yep. <laughs> hey, don't take that so seriously, it's mm -hmm. gonna be okay or whatever. But to have those people in your life too, I think is yep. really helpful. Yeah, and that's something that I encourage, I guess, younger moms now to do is to have someone older in your life, even if it's someone that's just a few years ahead of where you are mm -hmm. now. Um, maybe not in age, but in life stage, you know, if you have younger kids and you know someone who has a kindergartner yeah. and you have babies, maybe befriend them, talk to them, find out some of the things that they struggle with that they're doing. And that's not really something that I had the opportunity to do. I feel like when I was having babies, I was yeah. hanging out with other people who were having babies. Yeah. And I think that's fine. And that's that's normal. But I just did, was not intentional about having people in my life or putting people into my life on purpose yeah. that were able to um, speak into my life in that way. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, there's an awful lot to it. And um, I think kind of underlying all of this is realizing that we're not perfect, but that God has put kids in our lives to steward over. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, we talk about the next generation. What's the next generation going to look like? We get now we have the opportunity to, to help shape that, to steward over that. You won't do it perfect. You're going to make a lot of mistakes, but, but God is bigger than those mistakes. And, um, you can do things really wrong, but I think if you're really trying to do it right and you do it wrong along the way and you're willing to say, I'm sorry, I should have done this or I should have changed that or whatever, you're humble in that. God God works through that. And mm -hmm. you, you, you talk about not taking it so seriously. I think there's a lot of things we just need to relax and we're doing our best. Don't put so much pressure on yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, do your best. You know if you're doing your best or not. Do your best. Make your best decisions. Find people. If there aren't people, read books. Listen to podcasts. We have so many resources available to us. Do the best you can and trust God for the rest. And and uh, that's, a, I think, been a big lesson. Even now, when I when I experience anxiety about the world our kids are inheriting is, you know, God's bigger than all this. And mm -hmm. we just need to trust Him for that. Yeah. There's definitely been some of those, uh, I think, apologizing conversations yeah. with some of our kids. Um, but really, you know, as a parent... I feel like you can look back and you can wish you had done it differently, but you can also tell yourself that, you know, you really did the best that you could 
with what you had at that time right. or with what you knew to do at that time. And so to go back and, you know, maybe feel bad about being too serious or yeah, right. having too many rules, yeah. Yeah. you know, within reason. Yeah. Uh, sometimes there does need to actually be a point of, you know, asking your kids for forgiveness if you have wronged them in that way. But uh, just to go back and feel bad about maybe some of the things that you did with when you were just doing your best at the time, yeah, right. um, you know, that's okay. There's, there's um, always hope for a different relationship yeah. for a new relationship. And yeah. I feel like that just even having some of those conversations with our older kids has maybe strengthened those relationships a little bit just yeah. for us to be real with them and let them know like, Hey, we understand we didn't have it all together. Then. <laughs> we didn't have it all figured out then. Um, but, um, and we're not saying that we did, but we're really trying to, you know, now do things a little bit differently and maybe um, have, you yeah. know, and that, I think that's really helped our relationships with them. Yeah. That's good. So do all those things and you're still going to have problems, <laughs> still struggle, um, but you know you're doing the best you can. And then you go up and pick, go out and pick up your copy of Shield of Faith. Yeah. I mean, that's the best advice I could possibly <laughs> give. Yeah, you can pre-order it now. It's coming out uh, November, November 1st. November 1st. So do that as well. But uh, parenting is one of those things, man, it, it's it's hard. I think it's always been hard, though. Mm-hmm. There's never been a generation that didn't have its very unique challenges. And as parents, we need, sincerely, the shield of faith. We need to lean into God's Word and what He's given us to do and, and, and trust Him mm-hmm. for the rest of it. And He yeah. takes care of it. Yep, I feel like that. It's never been easy. And, and I still remember when we had our first child. I was like mortified <laughs> yeah. at, at the hospital when we had her. And I'm like, what am I supposed to do now? I don't know anything about yeah. taking care of a baby. And I feel like that never really changes <laughs> as the kids go through different yeah. stages of life. It's yeah. kind of like kind it's of scary because again. it's yeah. as they're changing and going through things. And then, like we said, as our world is changing, um, it's always new. It's always different. Yeah. I feel like you're, you always have to be on guard, always figuring things out. They're never um, really, you can never let your guard down. Yeah. With that, so um, it's really, really important just to um, just really trust in God and His Word and, and what He says, and and just continue to go back to that as yeah. your source of hope and encouragement um, in your life in parenting. Yeah, that's good. Um, please don't hesitate to reach out to us if we can uh, answer questions or be an encouragement to you. Uh, a lot of what we would do is point you to resources of people who actually know what they're doing. <laughs> There's some great <laughs> books and some great resources. And if we can help you in that way, please let us know. If you're not yet subscribed to this podcast, subscribe now. Go ahead and subscribe right now, wherever it is you are listening from. And uh, that would be great. Also, leave a rating if you can. Leave a comment. We'd love that from you. And then take some time. Go over to YouTube. You can find our channel, The Situation Report, on YouTube. Search for The Situation Report. Subscribe. Hit the notification bell. Leave us a comment. Share the content out. And that's a great way to stay connected to us as well. And I really appreciate it. Thank you for watching and or listening. Look forward to talking to you next time. Many of our veterans feel they need to fight their battles alone. This self-isolation has led to the staggering statistic of more than 20 veterans taking their lives every day. The mission of Mighty Oaks is to eradicate the veteran suicide epidemic and help our warriors change their legacies. We've been able to help over 4,000 veterans and first responders by equipping them with the tools they need to live the lives they were created to live. Our faith-based, peer-to-peer approach has one of the highest success rates of any program available today, offering hope and understanding to those who need it most. By aligning their lives to biblical principles, these men and women are able to lead their families, their communities, and our nation. It's your generosity that can make a difference in the lives of the men and women who have fought for our country and our freedoms. 
Now that they're home, don't let them fight alone. Learn more at MightyOaksPrograms.org. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.